Hello there, I'm Julie Vadnall, Deputy Editor of Domino, and this is Design Time, The Rebellious Ones. If you've listened to this podcast before, you already know that we've interviewed some of the biggest names in interior design. But this season, I'm doing things a little differently. I'm going to be talking to rebels, the -the out-of-the-box thinkers who put their creative stamps on our world, whether they work in design, fashion, or even food. After all, you don't have to paint a room all black to be a rebel. So I think that'd be super cool. Some of us engage in tiny acts of resistance every day, and that counts too. Each week, I'll talk to a new guest, a rebellious one, if you will, about how they turn off the doubting voices in their head and how you can find your only you style. Let's do this. Today's guest is one of my all-time favorite people. He was the youngest ever winner of Project Runway. I remember him because I watched the entire season. He now runs an uber-successful fashion line that dresses people like Billy Porter for the Oscars, Michelle Obama for the DNC, and Oprah. During the pandemic, he and his team sewed 2 million masks for essential workers. He also has a furniture and interior design business. And this spring, his New York City apartment was on the digital cover of Domino. I hope you saw it. I was lucky enough to write that story and talk with Christian for it. He also, on a more personal level, inspired my own mother to paint her walls in Benjamin Moore's White Dove because, and I quote, Christian said it's very freeing because you can put anything against it, and I know a leader to follow. Please welcome (laughs) to Design Time designer and overall amazing human, Christian Siriano. Wow, that was a great intro. Thank you. You know, moms really are the stars. They really are. When she found out that you were going to be on the pod, she was like, please tell him about White Dove. He's the reason we painted our walls that color. And I was like, cool. So I called her this morning to be like, tell me exactly, Mm. you know, what you think. She likes it, right? It's beautiful. It's a perfect color. It really is. And I think- Perfect white. I know. You think that all whites are the same and they're really not. You could go crazy picking out a white paint color. You really can so the first thing we do is have you finish this sentence. So if you could say okay. the whole thing. Hi, I'm Christian Siriano, and I am a rebel blank. Hi, I'm Christian Siriano, and I'm a rebel because I have to be. Oh, love that. Yeah. Wait, why do you have to be a rebel? I think I just had to be in my career because my career was such a strange way to launch a career. So I did everything the wrong way, everything backwards, um, and just really went about it in that kind of rebellious feeling of needing to prove to people, but also to prove to myself and also to be um, successful, all the things. Let's say someone's been in a coma the past 20 years. Tell them your story. Like, what is your story if someone doesn't know it? Oh, gosh. Who knows? It's a long list. No. It is a long. You can no, tell no. the abbreviated. I, no, I think, like, I was a, a big lover of fashion growing up. And when I went to design school in London, um, you know, I loved it because it was such a creative place that you could just do anything. There weren't as many rules. or wasn't It wasn't the time of uh, social um, impact of a brand. It was very different. And then I think that helped um, me to kind of be overly creative that I think that was also why I auditioned for Project Runway when when that happened um, was because I actually had never even seen that show before because I had lived in London. So I just did that on a whim. Uh, That was just a thing I tried. I just did things based on what I thought would be interesting. Um, Then I won that show. Then I started a brand. 
And then I kept going and building and building. And uh, yeah, so I think now, 15 years later, you know, we've had a really successful fashion business. I've dressed everyone. We've sold at retailers around the world. And now we just launched a beautiful um, interior design firm and uh, furniture collection. And that's just a passion now. So that's kind of like start to finish now. And um, the last kind of 15 years or so and lots of great things in between. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, and I know when we talked for the story, you already answered this. So I know the answer, but you do consider yourself a rebel, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I do. It's hard to think about it like that, but yes. <laughs> did you always though? Like when you were first starting out? Um, yeah. I mean, I think I did a lot of things before a lot of people would do them. I think I changed a lot of minds. I mean, it's hilarious to think of like being a rebel is doing something that's just great for the world. Um, like putting curvy women on the runway for the very first time or dressing people on the red carpet that weren't normally being dressed. All of those things, even to tweeting at the governor saying we can make masks. I mean, who knew what that was going to be? That was just a yeah. quick reactionary moment. You know, I think you have to be a little bit of a rebel to, to do, to go into any, anything like that. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. Like the one that I remember is Leslie Jones tweeting, like, no one will dress me for this premiere. Yeah. And then you jumped in. I was wondering though, like, was it a need, like, did you want to just like dress people who wouldn't normally be dressed and like give them that option? Or were you like giving the middle finger to the fashion industry? No, no, I was really just, um, a big fan of the people. Like, I think that's, what's a bit strange sometimes is, um, with Leslie, I love Leslie. I love her on SNL. She was so genius that even if Leslie called me and she had tons of dresses, I still would have wanted to dress her. Mm -hmm. I think that happens a lot too. Like I get, I find out who I think is interesting kind of early on before a lot of other people catch on. I was one of the first people to dress Lizzo. I was Lizzo's first fashion show. And then I also, all the years later, got to dress her for her first Grammy. I met Lady Gaga before anybody even knew who Lady Gaga was. I was dressing her. Um, I kind of find people early on because I just am a fan of them. I think I'm just open-minded. And I think a lot of brands are not as open-minded. When I think of you, I think of how you're able to just like pivot really quickly. I'm a reactionary creator, designer. Like I'm in the moment. I think very quickly and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. We kind of move on. Um, I never overthink or harp on something. If I do do that, it's never successful, actually. If I overthink or like work on a project too long and it isn't there, it's never getting there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's that creative sweet spot. I kind of understand that as a writer too. Like if it's easy and it makes sense and you have a good concept, it just flows. Like mm -hmm. it just works and you yeah. know it. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes things are more difficult. Yeah. When you were a kid growing up, did you design your room different every month? Were you like the creative kid in that way, like in terms of home design? A like were they these yeah, things? A little bit. Yeah. I definitely, I love to move things around. I moved a lot of posters and wall images all the time. Um, but my mom was really, really into interiors. Like she would take me furniture shopping and fabric shopping. And she was really into like custom drapes and pillows. And I had never seen that before. So I think actually I learned a little bit about sewing actually that way first rather than clothes because my mom was creating that or she would go to the upholster and be like, oh, let's do this chair. So 
I knew what that was before I knew what things in fashion were, which I think a lot of people don't know. Um, so it's not that new to me. Amazing. Well, yeah. we also, we were born in the same year and I feel like we grew up in a really weird time for interior design because we were totally. like HGTV was starting or I watched like trading spaces well, all the trading, time. Of course. Yes. Yes. So I was like, accent wall is mm. everything, you know, like I was everything. really into that. Yeah. And now I would probably not do that, but there's a piece of my heart that's still there. Every now and then it can be, it can, it can work. Yeah. 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 I mean, but not much. I know it's it's very specific, but I think that you know it's cool to hear that you grew up that way because it was a weird time yeah. for design. Yeah, and it was you know I mean especially like in the '90s moment there was like interesting who was into the interior. What was it? What was the style even too? It was a bit. It wasn't '80s. It wasn't '90s. It what like what was it? And there was no really resurgence of like now it's so distinctive of like what the resurgences are. It's like art deco and mid-century and like that has all happening, right? But that time in the 80s, 90s, like it was like 80s and then 90s trickled and it was like, what did it become? Just a weird version of the 80s. Yeah. Well, it's weird that fashion's kind of doing that too. Do you feel yeah. like you're ready to do a collection or interiors line that's based on like the early aughts or like late 90s? Like I keep thinking like, in sync era, you know, yeah. it's funny. Like I've done a few pieces over the years that have a kind of nineties reference. Cause one of my best friends is like a nineties icon, um, Alicia Silverstone. And I travel with Aww. her. Yeah. And I travel with her all the time and we talk about clothes and stuff. And like, she's like, Oh my God. She's like, Christian. She's like, I literally wore that like my whole childhood. And I'm like, I know girl. I'm like, you were the it girl. I'm like, we all understand. But no, I actually am in the total opposite mindset i'm like really into super vintage so i'm like really i think my actually my next clothing collection is going to be very like 50s 60s like i'm kind of into that glamour right now because i think we just missed it for so long yeah i was kind of wondering how you coped while everyone was wearing sweatpants for a couple of years like yeah. fashion wise how are you doing mm. It was a little bit of a struggle. I remember I did Kelly Clarkson's talk show and we did it through Zoom in the pandemic and we were talking about fashion and and she, Kelly, I'll never forget this. Kelly was like, Christian, no, I can conquer the world in sweatpants. And I was like, can you? And she goes, yes. And I do it sitting right here. And she was wearing sweatpants. She was doing her talk show. She did like her book. Sign she was doing everything in sweatpants. And I was like, all right, Kelly Clarkson, I get it. But yeah, um, you can, you can <laughs> No, but it was actually really hard because, you know, that was such a big boom of athleisure and comfort clothes and all the things. And, but as a designer like myself, who's much more of an evening world, or I like getting dressed, that's who my woman or man or whoever shopping my clothes is. So it was a bit scary. Do you think you can be a successful person and have like the sweatpants of an apartment, like the equivalent? Or yeah. is it important to you that your space is put together? No, no. Your home is like so important now more than ever. And I think actually homes right now should be the most fabulous, annoyingly opulent. What And whatever you think of opulent is, I think you should have it because it's just not worth it. It, it. And even, oh my God, I mean, so many people that live in New York, so many friends that literally just didn't care about their place, their home. That's just not the vibe anymore. It's also meant for your mental health to come home to a beautiful space, whatever you call beautiful, very important. 
Yeah, my current pet peeve is how everyone just buys a gray couch. Yeah, oh, yeah, love a gray couch. The sectional definitely is hurting us because everybody wants to be comfortable. But, it, it you know, there's definitely those trends um, that are happening. You know what's hard, too? I think before, I, w- I will say, whoever's interior designs publicist, they're doing a great job because nobody in the world gave a crap about interior designers and what they were doing, what their homes, like everybody's now like, well, I need to see what they, what their next sofa is. Like I need to change my coffee table because they, they, who are they, who are these days? (laughs) Who are the people? But I hear that all the time. They're like, oh my God, did you see that they changed their coffee table? And I'm like, who, who are you talking about? This is my sister. She's like, well, I have to redo my room now. And I'm like, Shannon, no, just pick what you like. She's like, no, because all the other designers are doing it. That was never a thing if you think about it. Is that funny? No, it's like fast fashion, but fast furniture in a way. Like if you don't buy vintage, yeah. Yeah, it's it's so wild. Remember when this this was that big quote on Twitter and the guy was like, whoever publicist is for kale is doing a great job because remember how like kale just came out of nowhere and everybody had had have a kale salad like that was it like you also no one ever even heard of a kale salad for like 30 years (laughs) no and like beyonce's wearing the kale sweatshirt that looks like yale it's like yeah great work great work whoever did it i'm proud of them we need to hire that person for sure. It's a kale podcast now. Okay. I did want to talk briefly about the masks just because even though you kind of did, and I want to talk about, do you approach a design project like that? Like you see a problem and you're like, I could just fix this and do this. Like, it seems yeah. to me like you see an empty room and it, you take it as like a tweet for help. And you just are like, is that, do you think of it the same way? Yeah, I do. I think of it as a challenge to myself to do a great job for someone. I think that's what happened with the mask. You know, when I tweeted at the governor, I really didn't even know if they would respond. Um, and then when they did respond, it was like, oh, well now I can't let them down. I have to fulfill like what I'm offering. And I'm very that way. It's the same when I offer to dress somebody, like I go to the end, you know, I will be in the room with you if I can be. So I think I'm the same with any design project. You know, it's, I approach it as like, oh, this is a challenge. Like this client really wants me to make it fabulous for them. Um, so I really have to deliver. And it's hard. It's a really stressful thing. I mean, I literally like delivered like a custom bench to a client the other day. And I was really nervous. I was like, oh my God, what if she doesn't like this? I'm actually, why am I so stressed about this? And to get the response from her saying it was the most beautiful thing. It was exactly like the sketch, all that things, you know, that's when it feels really great. And it's the same with the dress and it's the same with if if it's Governor Cuomo telling you you did a great job and um, I'm going to send you to Buffalo and you're going to do it for Buffalo, you know, things like that. You were just talking about a client and I had heard you say that sometimes people will wear a piece that you made or a dress that you made and style it with shoes that you would have never chosen. Oh yeah. So I'm wondering if you've ever seen this with furniture, like you deliver something to someone and they put it somewhere where you're like, that wasn't it. Yeah. All the time. It keeps happening actually. And it's really driving me crazy Um, because it's like, you know, we're not there to like do the whole space every time so it can be you know yeah we did a coffee table recently and i hate the position of it it's just so annoying i want to flip it and i've actually told her like three times she just won't do it but it drives me crazy because she posts pictures all the time of it and it's not and it's just in the background but i feel it in my bones 
I really yeah. want to move it. So anyway, when I get there soon to finish, I'm going to move it all and she's going to love it. And then she will leave it alone. I think though the the mark of a rebel is though that someone who like maybe doesn't get scared or doesn't care and I feel like you just said you do get scared and nervous like is there a mantra you use are you just no. like I remember when I well this I do is so get, dumb. I know I do get scared but then I really have to like move on and I'm like all right girl whatever yeah you definitely seem like a on to the next don't look back yeah I mean look back a little on. bit but nah it's okay it's kind of yeah. like the clients that you don't really like clients that we have, and this can be in fashion or interiors. Like you don't love all of them, but you get through the job. And then in the end, sometimes that's how we decide if we're going to like move forward or do other things, because it's basically like, did it, did, I don't know. Am I into it? Yeah. Right. Not every story you write can be gold. Yeah. Only the ones about Christian. Obviously. Obviously. Do you ever walk around now that you are so deep into interiors? Do you walk around public places or like a mall or maybe like a place that a lot of people go to and you're like, this could use a glow up? Yeah. Like, is there a space the, that you're all, dying? Okay. <laughs> I was in a restaurant the other day and we were standing at the desk. I rearranged the desk. I rearranged no. the stuff on it and I didn't even feel, I moved the cards over. I fixed the pencils and the holder and I was like, oh, it just would look cuter. And the woman watched me and just stood there and didn't say anything. And then when I was done, she was like, did that feel good? And I was like, oh my God, you read me. You just really read me in this room. And I said, it felt so good. And she laughed really hard and it was a really fun moment. Anyway, that was it. Do you care what people think about your home? Like when they walk into one of your homes, do you care what they think? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I which is so frustrating because it's, you. that's a lot of pressure to put on anybody but I do I want them to like think it's cool or like a piece of art and then they don't like something I'm like well then okay fine you have some amazing art and I'm kind of wondering how you choose it because art is very personal but I also know that it is a palette like your home that we featured kind of has this like neutral palette Mm -hmm. so you ever like I can't have that art here because it it doesn't doesn't fit I have that all the time because I'm a huge fan of artists and art and I love following all these cool artists on Instagram and I actually follow more artists than anything now I love seeing like new beautiful paintings and sculptures and but then like I bought a piece the other day um just because I love the artist like he's such a cool guy and I really just wanted to like support him it doesn't really go in my house actually at all um but I just really liked it so that's fine. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I also, I think you said this during our interview that you just kind of pick what you like and you make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I kind of almost choose it sometimes like someone would shop for clothes. Like I just pick beautiful things that I think are gorgeous and elegant and have great lines. And and then I find a home for them. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to me that you kind of built the life, the house of like the person you wanted to be, like, especially in this smaller apartment. It was like, yeah, this wasn't like where you could entertain people. It's very white. You don't even have enough plates. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you you made these constraints because it, it was exactly what you wanted it to be. Yeah. So true. It's like, this is this hotel kind of sweet place. It was never meant to be anything else than that. So yeah, I guess that's why. 
Do you ever, especially with art or maybe placement of a coffee table, think, what if I don't like this in a couple months? Like, is it hard for you to commit to things? No. mm -mm. I drop it down. I place it. I move it around. And then it is. And then I'll move it around again um, a month later or two. Or it's just that. I'm kind of, okay, this is it. Yeah. That's it. I hang art that way all the time. I'm like, it's just going to go here. And that's where it stays. Okay, because sometimes I walk into my apartment, I'm like, I don't even notice my apartment anymore because it hasn't changed, you know, like I don't move things mm -hmm. around. So do you feel like you become blind to certain things because you're just used to where they are? A little bit, yes, that definitely can happen. But I think I buy enough new things that it changes quite a lot, sadly, very <laughs> badly. I do want to talk to you about antique shopping because yeah. I know you are just like a ninja. Love. At it. I want to know your secrets because I find oh, it very intimidating. God, so good People say it. they go antiquing and I'm like, I think you're just saying that. But what are your secrets? So I'm like, I do a mixture. I do hardcore like online at night when I get in bed almost every single night. I look at like first dibs, cherish, eBay. I like hit them hard from like mm. 10 to 1 a.m. for real. Sometimes 11 to 1. It's really funny. And that's like what I do. That's how I relax and decompress from the day. And it's great. And my carts are filled. So I do that. And then when I do it on weekends, I'm pretty open. That's the best way to go antiquing. Like you can't go, you cannot go. I need a hutch. I need a – no. Oh. I don't do that way because that n has never worked for me actually. And I – which sucks because sometimes you're like, you need to finish your room. But I don't ever go that way. I go and I plan like I know I have a space or I know I have a job or I know I have a room. And I kind of do it organically that way. Oh, I wasn't really looking for a desk, but wow, that is a stunning desk from like, wow, it's 1940s. It's like Art Deco. It's so cool. Let's make a place for it. That's a bit how mm -hmm. I do it. Um, and I'm a great haggler. I just say, hey, I really love this. It's going to get photographed. It's for someone fabulous. Can I have a little money off? And they usually always say yes. And that's all I say. Okay. But let's say like I'm a normal person who can't promise coverage. Like, yeah. do you have, are you ever just like, I look, think this is actually, do you do your research or, it's you good know? To, yeah. You have to be a little bit knowledgeable because they then, you know, they see right through it right away. Um, so that's helpful. Or it's just helpful to understand the value of, I think there's more value in vintage furniture, vintage things than anything. Because even the other day I was like thinking, I'm like, wow, I'm like some of these mass, you know, a Crate and Barrel or a West Dam or whatever, they're not cheap anymore. So, mm -mm. so if $2,000 for this cabinet for your bedroom, but you could get a vintage one for the same price and it's fabulous and stunning and gorgeous and you'll have it forever. So I just don't shop that way anymore. Um, I, mm -hmm. I'm really, even dining room chairs, somebody was sent me dining room chairs the other day. I'm like, well, these dining room chairs are like still five, $600 a chair. So when you get 10, it adds up. I don't think you're yeah. thinking about it that way. So why not go for the one that's $800 that's by a renowned designer that created it, that's custom. Like, so I always thought that that's weird. Totally. But we were talking about like comfort and sofas and my frustration with like, yeah, the gray sectional. Do you, so I bought a vintage couch that I love and has this curved back and really and cool. I know, like I'm tall and it's low to the ground. Yeah. And so like, have you ever sacrificed 
comfort for the gram or the style. Yeah, I definitely do. But I am a little bit more comfortable in things that most people would not be comfortable in. Like I can sit in like a French wing back chair that's kind of narrow that most people would be uncomfortable in. I like to kind of sit that way. I'm not a big like loungy kind of guy, which is different. But I do say that like, that's why I have a TV room in my house in Connecticut that literally is the whole room is a cloud sofa. We pile in there, pillows everywhere. Like that is our comfy spot that no one really sees. I've never photographed it. And it's actually fabulous and it looks really cool. And I have a giant Ashley Longshore painting behind me of Lady Gaga. And she like looks down on us. But that TV room is comfy. Amazing. And now that you are designing furniture, you probably like when you're designing, I mean, you're probably never going to do a sectional. I don't know. Will you? Maybe. I don't know. One day I will. And I because I do appreciate people and their comfort needs. Um, but, uh, that will probably be with like a collaboration, not really mm-hmm. my collection. Yeah. yeah. I was looking at your spring collection cause that's the newest that I could see on your website yeah. and it's tons of bright colors. Like it's so fabulous. Like it's this amazing jumpsuit. That's like so vivid. Yeah. Like it's, it's gorgeous. And then I look at your furniture <laughs> and it's like white boot clay. No and I'm like, is this the same person? Like, do you feel like you were rebelling with the furniture line by, using restraint? Yeah. I think I was kind of rebelling that I was like, I'm, I'm kind of have to produce color in my collections now because that's what our customer wants. That's what people buy. That's what people respond to on the red carpet. That's, I'm kind of in that world. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't love beautiful creams and topes. And I would love to do a whole collection just of that. It just wouldn't be as successful for my business. So I, decided to move that into my interior world because I love that so much. And I always have, and that's even goes to earth tones and things that are warm, which is, you know, why I love like white linens and hotel bedding. I love that. I am kind of rebelling against my fashion brand a bit. Yeah. Yeah, But it's funny, like your customer wants to wear a pink jumpsuit to dinner and then get into white linen bed. She does. Yeah. I love it. Our women do. Like, I think a lot of our customers, everybody that we've kind of designed for has been in a pretty neutral palette, but they wear pretty fabulous, eccentric, cool clothes. One thing I think about creatives that we don't really recognize is that it takes a lot of energy and you seem like a person with a ton of energy. Yes. Balls to the wall energy at all times. Yeah, but what do you do to chill out? Like, how do you recharge when you're not being a rebel? Um, No, I definitely have my late at night TV days that I just like hang out and watch my shows that I, which is also hilarious because TV watching now is like uh, research that I'm like, oh, yeah. I just dressed her. Oh, I just dressed her. She can't even watch TV anymore. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it's so funny. But I just, I we have been watching the show Hacks, um, and I just dressed Jean Smart, who won her SAG Awards in my dress um, for Best Actress. And I'm watching Hacks, and I'm like, you know what? Wow. I'm like, I feel really good about this because she is so genius in the show. So now I'm like even mm-hmm. more proud. So then I like to watch a show because I'm like, oh, I feel so good. I like dressed her and she's doing so great. And like, even if I see a friend in a new movie, I'll like call them up like, oh my God, I love your new movie. It's so good. And they're like, thank you. They like appreciate it. It's nice. 
I think, though, creatives don't get enough kudos. Like, I feel like everyone thinks that people are praising you all the time, and they are in your case. But (laughs) I'm always like, (laughs) but I'm always like, send the person, like, if you read a story you really like, just send the writer a note or DM them or whatever. Like, you know, you get praise from a lot of places, but not from your actual homies sometimes. I know. I feel like that, too, sometimes. Is there a piece of advice you give to people designing that feels, you know, like if you want them to be a design rebel or like Mm. your fellow rebels, what do you tell those people? Go into any project with the most open mind possible and you have to be fearless in that because I take that in every single thing I do, whether it's a dress, whether it's a piece of furniture, a room, it's like you cannot think it's something before you even get there which is why I'm so open to clients all the time. We'd, I'll take any client on because you never know what it could be or what it could turn into until you're actually in the moment there. And I think that that's very important for young designers too, especially like for me, like even young fashion designers that come in like, oh, how do you keep it going or keep doing it? And I'm like, because I'm like really in it with these women who we dress. I'm like, okay, I want to do this dress and I want to make it and I want it to be so beautiful and fabulous for you. And if they're not really feeling it, then we move on. Like you have to attack mm-hmm. it that way, um, I, th- I think. So do you mood board? I do, yeah. I mean, I mood board every collection. I mood board every room that we're going to do, but they kind of always turn into something else organically. That's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. Is there something people told you not to do, but you do anyway? Um, oh, everything. <laughs> Everybody tells me everything. We've had a few projects lately that everyone was like, this is insane. The timing is crazy. And when you say to me, you're never going to be able to do it. Oh, then that, then it's done. Then I do it. And I make it's go it. Time. It's go time. Like we make it happen. And then I get real mad and I'm like, we're doing it. Like we just did a, a hotel project for this little inn in Ohio. And we literally did like almost the entire inn in two months. It was insane. Yeah. You must have a massive team. No, we don't. But actually, I think sometimes that's what, that's actually sometimes what helps is a big team can get in the way sometimes because I've had a big team and lots of people. And that's actually not what works. What works is, is like really when it just comes from me and core two or three people, that's it. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, unless unless the project is so massive that you physically can't do it. But it's like if the construction crew is big, then that's fine. (laughs) But the actual designer, it's the same way with when we make clothes. Like, I don't need 30 people talking to me about what this dress should look like for the Oscars. Like, I really don't. I don't need the manager. I don't need the agent. I don't need the hair and makeup team. I really, really don't. And it's actually never good when that happens. But do you paint your own walls, for instance? Yeah, yeah, I do. You do? Yeah, I just painted mine. I just bought this house from 1744. And I just literally, I painted almost every single room. Yeah, on the, on the weekends. <laughs> for, for fun. Yeah. Um, painting is so much harder than I think people, people are always like, oh, you can just change the wall color and switch it up. I'm like, painting is a huge ordeal. Yeah, it's an ordeal. Yeah, I got, I've gotten really good at it. But, you know, it's messy. It's a pain. It's... Oh, yeah. It can be really annoying. <laughs> How do you do the trim? How do you get a straight edge? I'm so good at trim. Yeah, I just am. But I'm a, I'm an artist, so I have a steady hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is really, really hard. 
Yeah, Christian for hire. Yeah, I am for hire. I'm really expensive, but I do a great trim. Let me tell you, painters are so expensive, so I save a lot of money. They really are. Amazing. (laughs) Um, Okay, finally, what is your next act of rebellion? We're opening a new retail concept store. And it is goes against every single thing that you shouldn't do um, because we are mixing tons of different brands, things that don't really have anything to do with one another. It's home, it's lifestyle, it's my brand, it's other brands. It's a kind of a mini department store, but it's going to work and it's going to be really cool. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I'm excited. And spend all my money. Yes, come. Will you be painting the walls there? That I I won't be painting the walls, but I will be painting something in there. I know I will be because I'm just that type of person. Surely. Okay. I want to go into Never Have I Ever. Okay. I'm scared. It's my favorite part of the podcast and not because it scares people. It's just really fun. So I'm going to give you the prompt and you're just going to tell me if you've done it or not. So Mm -hmm. Never Have I Ever painted an accent wall. Oh, I have. What color? Oh my God, like a beautiful, dark, steely gray. What's it called? Oh God, I used to love this one color. I've done it, I did it a lot. I did it like four four of my studios. It was really bad. (laughs) I've done it too with um, Pharaoh and Ball's railings. It's like a really dark blue black. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, never have I ever re-gifted a candle. I definitely have regifted a candle, I'm sure, many times because yeah. I get candles as gifts all the time. Same. And I do it too. So okay, great. it's all good. It's all good. Safe space. Safe space. <laughs> Never have I ever shopped at Home Goods. Um, 100%. One, I shop at Home Goods. Two, I have product in Home Goods. So it's fine. <laughs> you can do you shop your own product at Home Goods? I have. I have bought my own throw blankets at Home Goods. Yes. What does the person at the register say when Christian Siriano is buying a Christian Siriano product? They're always a fabulous older housewife that is very confused at first and then screams and then we take a picture. Every time. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. (laughs) Or they really don't know at all. And then I'm just like, hey girl, I'm just buying these. Never have I ever arranged my books by color. No, I don't do that. No. Why not? No, I'm not into books by color necessarily. I mean, I love books, but it's not necessarily like all blue and all black. No, I like more a variation, but I do take the covers off because I think that inside bound linen book is more beautiful. Okay. Last one. Not too painful. Never have I ever bought something in Chevron. Oh, definitely bought something in Chevron. Fabulous. I mean, and that goes from a rug to flooring to a beautiful blouse. Are you kidding? (laughs) Oh, I feel like Chevron really had a moment when I was in my early 20s and it was like a design thing. Like it was, you know, I definitely had the rug. And now I don't know if I would do it, but you are making me think that I should. Yeah, I think Chevron patterns are, are having a thing. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Chevron's back. You heard it here. Um, Thank you, Christian. This was really fun. I really had a good time talking with you and I learned a lot. Me too. When I found out that I was doing this podcast, my one and really only request in the whole process was that Shadi Al-Hindi, the head of IT at our parent company, Recurrent, 
read the closing credits. And I know that might sound funny, but Shoddy has a voice that I swear could sue the hundred crying babies. And I know this because sometimes when my computer's not working, I am that crying baby. And just hearing him talk instantly lowers my blood pressure. You will hear what I mean in just a second. I'm so excited to share Shoddy and his beautiful voice with the world. Take it away, Shoddy. Hello, I'm Shadi Al-Hindi, and contrary to popular belief, I'm not a voiceover actor, yet at least. But I am the vice president of technology at Recurrent, Domino's parent company. Julie's asked me to read the credits to the podcast you've just heard. I blindly said yes, so I think that makes me a rebel too. And here we are. Design Time, The Rebellious Ones is hosted by Julie Fadnall and produced by Ali Alquiza with special thanks to Lindsay Mather, Britt Ashcraft, Claire Urshishon, Michaela Klein, Kim Gray, Lindsay DeSimone, and Maria Luna. Our Chief Content Officer is Kate Berry. Our theme music is by the talented Alex Weinstein. And I'm Shadi Al-Hindi, Vice President of Technology at Recurrent Ventures. If you like this episode, Please subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. See you all next week, right here on Design Time, The Rebellious Ones.